Hi, everyone. Welcome to Do It Today. I'm Karika Truzula, and today I'm talking with Julie Bestry, who is a certified professional organizer. I know you are going to want all of her advice. She's an expert in all aspects of organizing and time management, also writes articles and teaches seminars on how organizing can make your life more functional. Julie, super excited to talk to you today. And you do a lot of things, but I'm wondering very specifically, what are you doing today? Well, today is Admin Monday. I don't see clients on Monday. And so Monday is my day to be in support of my creativity. So my blog posts go live on Mondays. Today's blog post was about body doubling, which is this theory that comes from the ADHD community, but it's a method for helping people be accountable and more productive. And so I will spend my day sharing that post, sharing my colleagues' posts, in a group, as well as a lot of communication, because Monday is, as an admin day, is the day I get to reply to all the emails from prospective clients and talk to people with whom I'm on committees and get to talk to you. I was just thinking about this on Friday and all of the sort of lingering tasks, the responses, the posts, you know, responding to social media things. If you had something that came up on Friday, would you say, okay, I can I can deal with that on Monday? Is that how you sort of schedule your weeks? I would say I'm, I'm, I like to be very responsive. What I tell people, if you look at my contact page, it says that I try to get back to people by the next business day. But what I have a habit of doing is writing a quick 10-second reply just to let people know, hey, I got your message because we live in this era where there are so many inboxes. I like to acknowledge receipt, let people know I'm thinking about what they asked about. I get emails, you know, two o'clock in the morning from people wanting to ask about my organizing services. Well, even though I may be awake at 2 a.m., okay, I am awake at 2 a.m., I know that I want to look at my boundaries. I want to walk the talk. And so I'm going to respond. I might even draft a message, but I'm really not going to respond until it's in that time block. And I do a lot of time blocking where you determine the category of things that you're going to do. So as you might guess, because I'm a professional organizer, my time is pretty organized. And so I do time blocks. So I'm doing accounting things on a particular day and marketing things on a particular day. Doesn't mean these things don't seep into other areas. Just like you can have breakfast for dinner and that's really fun. Sometimes it's just a matter of once you have your boundaries set and your, your time blocks, it reduces all the stress because then you know that you've got a container for that particular task that you want to perform. So when you talk about these time blocks, does that sort of mean you're anticipating how long something will take and then you're blocking that off and saying, okay, I'm doing invoices for 30 minutes or I'm responding to emails for an hour and a half? Is it you set the container and then actually do the task within it? I like to look at it from, from really high in the sky. I'm not going to say it's going to take me you know, 17 minutes to to work on on sharing this post to social media. But what I'm going to say is, okay, from two until four. So I've given myself a two-hour block in which I'm going to do Pomodoros from the Pomodoro technique. That's 25 minutes where you sit down and work 25 minutes on something. You take a five-minute break and then do 25 minutes more. That two-hour block is going to be marketing. Sometimes just giving yourself time for the overarching umbrella category 
of marketing or, or financial tasks or writing lets you know that, okay, when you sit down, you're already set for at least knowing, okay, I'm not going to be scrolling through social media or I'm not going to be reading email during my, um, my marketing block. Yes, I'm blocking that time out, but I'm not being so specific that, okay, well, if I said it was going to take me 15 minutes and it actually took me 25 minutes, I'm going to, you know, slap myself around for, you know, <laughs> give, give myself that, wow, I could have had a VA bash to the forehead because, you know, we aren't robots. This is a big thing that I try and convey to my clients who feel constantly stressed because, you know, I did a blog post series last year on toxic productivity. There are so many ways in which my clients are coming to me feeling like, I, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. Truth is they're probably doing too much and not getting the right feedback that they're appreciated as human beings. And so all of this comes into the idea that if you just block out time for that overarching category, you can let go of the stress of how am I going to find time to get this done? And I just love this idea of sort of not shaming yourself for, you know, going 10 minutes over the self-prescribed deadline or boundary. Boundaries can be both expansive and sort of fulfilling and useful and not as constrictive as we can make them out to be. Like what kind of struggles do clients normally come to you with? Is it physical organization, digital organization, life, you know, organization? Like what is the question right now? Well, you started by by talking about shame. And I will tell you, when people call me, the most common word I hear is overwhelm. People are feeling overwhelmed and they're often feeling embarrassed or shamed. And it is all of those categories you spoke about now. There are so many specialties, the kinds of clients we work with, people with ADHD or seniors or young moms, law offices or warehouses all sorts of areas of home and residential work versus a business. I'm a generalist. The one thing they all have in common is that they are overwhelmed by either the stuff in their space, the things in their schedule, or the thoughts that are overwhelming them. I call it whole life organizing because we have so much that weighs us down. The 21st century is complicated. People are often saying to me, well, I was really good at handling all of this when I worked in an office, but now that I have kids and I'm home all day, I can't seem to get it all done. And it's like, that's not surprising because your entire skill set has to change to be responsive. You can't manage a three-year-old the way you can manage, you know, your accounting department. But I would say the commonality across all of my clients, whether they need help with their technology. You know, I'm a certified Evernote expert and that's something that I do a lot with, but that doesn't mean that that's the right solution for every person. Uh, going back to the idea of shame, um, I'm working on a video presentation for a summit on the concept of paper shame because so many people who are very effective in their lives with planning, scheduling, taking notes, doing everything on paper, feel shamed into moving to digital solutions for everything. And what I try to impart is whatever system you choose for keeping track of your tasks, your time, whatever you're doing for your productivity, it has to be something that you can commit to. And you can be very committed to paper and be a philanderer 
when it comes to technology. What I try to teach my clients, whether we're organizing a closet or organizing their their digital life or their paper, is whatever system we choose, all of the elements have to be things that feel safe to you, feel comfortable. Because if you don't trust your system, you're not going to commit to it. And if you're not going to commit to it, it's going to fail. I think there's also an idea that people get that it's like, I need to adopt the latest thing. It's quite comforting to hear from you that, you know, if it's working, then don't mess with a good thing. You have my permission to use whatever method works for you. You know, the motto I came up with for my business 21 years ago is don't apologize, organize. People are always saying, oh, I'm sorry, you know, Marie Kondo says that I'm supposed to do this or or Julie Morgenstern says, yeah, they, they read the, the experts or they'll look at productivity books and say, well, this book said that I should do this, but I'm not a morning person. Oh, this that's something I hear all the time. It's like the 5 a.m. miracle sort of thing. No, no offense to them, but I'm a night person. I get more done between 10 or 11 at night and two and three in the morning than a lot of people can get done all day, but certainly more than I could get done if somebody expected me to be sitting at my computer at 6 a.m. You have to work with your own energy levels with, like you said, the way your brain works. You know, people will come to me and say, well, I haven't been diagnosed with ADHD, but I feel like I'm looking in all of these directions and I'm spinning around. I'm like, you know, I, I'm not a, a neurologist. I'm not a mental health professional. I am I am not an expert in psychology. I take a lot of classes in these things. But what I can often tell a client after working with them for any number of sessions is that, yeah, it's probably not that you suddenly developed ADHD at 50, but that the 21st century is throwing a lot of things at you and expecting it all to stick. And so the best thing that you can do for yourself, whether you want to think of it as productivity or self-care, is to understand the way you work. If you are more auditory, if, if you know, people will say, oh, well, I wanted to read that book, but I don't have time to read. And I'm like, well, you have a commute. You could listen to an ebook. And they, I hear, oh, well, that's not really reading. It's, <laughs> it's like the information is coming to you. Do you feel like you're, you're failing by listening to the news on the radio versus reading the newspaper with fewer and fewer newspapers, that's going to be a problem. Everybody's going to feel guilty. So it all comes back to giving yourself permission to use the systems that work best for the way your brain works. We are not automatons. We are not these, these robots of identical make and model. And so get rid of the guilt, get rid of the shame, get rid of the embarrassment, be able to, to accept yourself and your uh, your methods for achieving the productivity you want. Clients will sometimes apologize to me and say, oh, well, it doesn't look as good as when you when you were here this other time. And I'm like, I'm not living here. If it works for you, if you're happy, because isn't that the goal of everything we're trying to do, Kara? We're trying to live happier lives. I mean, wouldn't it be awful to get to the end of the better part of a century and think, oh, well, my, my closets were very organized, but I was miserable because I didn't make time to play with my kids. Wow. Yes. That's an amazing way to put it, I think, because it also sounds like you're advocating for systems that are 
easy and clear and adaptable and a great fit for you, right? I feel like there's nothing sort of more demoralizing than coming up with an incredible daily plan or monthly plan and trying so hard to cling to it, even though your circumstances are changing or your priorities have even changed, but you are clinging to this old idea of how things should have gone. Your life is going to change, whether that's, you know, a new piece of technology you adopt or your family planning is going to change or your life circumstances are going to change. And I don't know, it, it just feels like a, a breath of fresh air. I love that. I think one of my favorite things when I read is when I read somebody quoting somebody else. So I'm reading John Green's The Anthropocene Reviewed, and he quotes Kurt Vonnegut saying, history is merely a list of surprises. It can only prepare us to be surprised again. And I feel like that's what we're experiencing in our lives. You know, we we set goals, but we have no idea. I mean, uh, you had a guest on the podcast talking about building a canoe. You guys talked about that metaphor. And while building the canoe is that big, hairy project that you are investing all of yourself in, it doesn't mean that the canoe can't also be yourself. Sometimes we have to turn our back on the work projects or the goals to make sure that we are giving ourselves breathing room. Uh, you and I collaborated on a project several years back based on our conversation about declaring bankruptcy on projects. You know, sometimes you you reach this point where you have to say, this thing that I have been holding onto, this, this heavy bag that I've been carrying for weeks or months or years, sometimes you have to let go. And it doesn't mean you can't go back in the future and pick it up. But sometimes you have to step off of that committee or that volunteer obligation. You have to take a pause from a relationship that's maybe not that healthy. Or sometimes even with organizing, sometimes you have to say, yeah, I'm probably not going to put everything back in the drawer <laughs> today, but that's okay. In our lives, we are so subsumed with this idea, not only taking care of everyone else, but trying to live by the rules of whatever the most popular productivity guru is saying. And I read them all, but I also roll my eyes because I know that I couldn't live by all of those rules all of the time. And this is my area of expertise. So if I can't do it, why should I expect anybody else to? What I aim for is to help people be successful where it's going to help them the most. And I think every one of the people listening here, I think about all of these amazing writers and performers and people involved in the theater that you often have on. I look at them and think, wow, what they're doing is contributing to the joy in people's lives. And that joy is what helps people go to work every day. It's what, you know, I, I gotta say that uh, the Hamilton soundtrack got me through a really rough period in my life, listening to it, it's joy. And that's what we're here for, to, you know, find our bliss. That's a beautiful perspective on like what so many people I know are trying to do and working for and striving for. And when it comes to these big creative projects or big work projects, you've often talked about breaking things down into manageable tasks, right? Because I think what happens is we can sometimes be overwhelmed by the idea of the 
canoe? What is that moment that it's finally going to be finished or that's finally going to be put on stage? How can people look at those big sort of overwhelming ideas and break them down into things that are feel a little more manageable? Well, the first thing is I'm a big proponent of the brain dump, of sitting with a piece of paper or or a document if, if you want to go digital and just getting it all out of your head. So whether you're doing David Allen's getting things done or you're just pretending that you're calling your mom and saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to do all of these things. Or you can actually call your mom and you know record record the conversation because sometimes when you're speaking out, you know, aloud, your brain sort of sort of remembers the things that if you were trying to write it down, you would forget about. But as we talk, sometimes we surprise ourselves by what comes out of our mouth. Get all of these things out of your head first, all of the tasks. Look at all of your to-do lists. Look at your calendar. Get it all down. Maybe look around the room because sometimes you'll say, oh, I put that there to remind me of something. And then I put something on top of it and it's not reminding me of anything. Get that brained up. You get it all out. Then I usually have people circle the big things, not big in terms of size, big in terms of impact. Okay. So let's say renewing your passport. Renewing your passport doesn't take a lot of time and a lot of effort. But if you've got a trip in three months and you don't renew it, you're not going on that trip. The impact is going to be big. So you figure out what are the things that are going to have huge impact on your life and get those into some of those blocks you've created. Start with knowing your schedule, knowing your energy, and then start placing things in those blocks. If you don't have any blocks on your schedule, then you have to start by looking at all of these things you've brain dumped and go, well, what are the commonalities? Oh, well, these things, these things are continuing education, okay? And there are webinars that I can listen to the recordings to. Well, that's passive. I don't have to do much. You know, I might take notes. I'll schedule that block in the evenings for when I'm relaxed and more receptive. If there are active tasks that need to be done when you have to make phone calls, well, you're going to want to schedule that during the workday when the people you have to call are there. Breaking everything down starts with gathering everything up. You know, it's just like if we take all of the clothes that are on the floor and hanging on the back of the treadmill and everything and we pull it into one space, then it's easier to sort it for laundry and say, okay, well, these are all the things that are delicates and these are all of the things that have to go in a cold load and so on. Same thing with your life. Throw everything down, get it into categories, and then those categories get to match up with the time blocks that you've created. I have a client who's an artist, and and she has uh, an art gallery, and so much of her time is taken up with administrative tasks that she wasn't having time to create art. And so I said, okay, let's pull back. When do you like to create art? In the morning? Do you like to paint at night? It's like, I really like the light in the late morning. I'm like, okay, then all of these things that you have scheduled that are, you know, not specific doctor's appointments or things where you have to show up for someone else. It's like, you can move these things, you can delegate them to others, but you need to keep sacred your time for creating, for, for painting. And she moved to creating those blocks in the morning and it made her more productive, because it made her happier 
all the rest of each day because she was doing the thing that mattered the most to her. So sometimes all it is after you break everything down is making sure that you've made time for the things that are the most important, whether it's the most important to you for fulfillment or the most important things to keep you out of jail or out of bankruptcy. Oh, man, Julie, that's like that's sort of everything. I think that that is a message that so many people need to hear. And it's not about even finding a million more hours in the day or rearranging your entire life or quitting something else. But this idea of protecting that time and that space and the trickle down that it can lead to for the rest of your day and the rest of your weeks and your life, that's just very, very meaningful and really hits me, uh, hits me hard this month. And I'm curious too, like, you know, you said you're a night owl, but how do you know when the day is done? Like, how do you know when Admin Monday has come to a close? Oh, that's an excellent question. I have a, a little system that I use. I, I call it one, two, three. I'd say if it won't fit on a post-it note, it won't fit in your life. So one, two, three is I've got one big thing that I need to conquer each day and two medium-sized things and three little things. Those are over and above, you know, brushing your teeth, make, making lunch, returning random emails. There are things that are your tasks that are specific to a day. If I have gotten my one big thing and my two medium things done, the three little things, I'm usually not going to procrastinate on those. Doesn't mean I'm going to do them in that order. Some people say, oh, do the hardest thing first in the day. And that's great if that works for you. It doesn't work for me. I have to ramp up. You know, I have to psych myself up for those difficult things. So there is a natural stopping point. The reason I'm up late is because, not because I'm anxious and trying to, you know, finish my book report for social studies for tomorrow, but because that's when it's quiet. I have some things I can control. I can turn off all of my notifications, which I recommend people do. Focus in the Apple environment is great in that regard. I can unplug the phones or turn off the ringers and let everything go to voicemail. But I can't control that the little boy is bouncing his basketball outside because he looks so happy doing that. I wouldn't want to control that. There are none of those inputs, those sensory inputs late at night. So I feel like it reaches a natural stopping point when I feel at ease when I have accomplished what I set out to do and maybe gotten a little bit ahead. But I think for each of us, recognizing when we're done for today is going to be very personal. But for me, it's when my shoulders can loosen up and lower down and that I feel at ease and can step away from whatever I'm working on, feeling like, I built my own little canoe today. You're so right. It's it's very personal, but I think finding that idea of what it means to you to have a meaningful, productive, but not toxic productivity type of day and wake up feeling refreshed and, and ready to move on to the next one is something to aim for. Thank you so much for all of your insights. I feel like you and I could talk for about five or six hours on these various topics. I hope Admin Monday closes out on a high note for you. Thank you so much. Well, this has been one one of the high notes of my day. 